Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We were off last week, but we are back with a vengeance. We've got our usual crew of Adam and Rhiannon, and uh, we had a pretty exciting day on the website, didn't we, guys? Does anybody want to share our special new thing that just became available? Oh, I thought you were just doing a special new thing, and I was like, where Adam and I call people jerks? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, we have a new supercut. Like, one of the big ones. I guess it'll be available to the entire world by the time the podcast yep. hits, yep. but definitely go to the YouTube channel, because we've got the, is he calling it Road to the End? Road to is the that right? End. Yeah. Guaranteed to give you feels. Except for that one guy that said it didn't give him feels. Charles, uh, who does a lot of editing for us, has released his latest uh, um, supercut, and it gets you all ready for Endgame, and it was uh, pretty exciting. Adam, should you tear up on this one? No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, thank you. No, it's super dope. It's I don't know why I've never gotten emotional watching movies besides these MCU things. I'm not sure if it's because it just we're so heavily invested in it or what, but it's dope. I teared up. I mean, it's it's the end, you know? Um, it's certainly a hell of a watch. It is much different than the Infinity War supercut. So don't fork over your dollar thinking, you know, this is going to, this is going to be, I don't know. It's different. I mean, it's still awesome. It's still delicious. It's still delectable. Um, oh, yeah, it's free now. No, it's free now. It's free now, though. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this now, you're a Patreon and you can go see it. If you're listening to this on Sunday when it's released, then it's out there. Just go to watch.marvelnewsdesk.com, subscribe, and watch. Or uh, give us a dollar anyways. Yeah, if you just want to show your appreciation, that would be fine you too. Yeah, we'll, if we'll you watch it and then so. say that was totally worth a dollar, become a Patreon. So, um, and just to be clear, there is no new footage. We do not have a special pipeline with Marvel, uh, which means that we can show you new footage from Endgame. Uh, that, Apparently we that, had an that, individual that was a little confused on that, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marvel's not feeding Charles new stuff. <laughs> that tickled me, though. Like, they they legit thought that there was new in-game footage there, which, it made it, does that mean we actually have a brand now that's actually, I mean, we're getting to, to the territories where we need to put a disclaimer up on our Twitter page. I mean, so there is, there is one person out there that has a Patreon that you pay and you get, like, news that's, like, not out there for everybody else. So maybe that made Gross. other people think that we had, like, in-game footage that the rest of the world didn't have. I, I just love, again, not to mock someone who's given us money, but can you imagine Marvel going, hey, we need to release some new in-game footage. Who should we go to as an outlet? Oh, I know. Let's put it behind Marvel News Desk's Patreon wall. That will get the world all fired up. <laughs> That was the very politically correct response, whereas my response is we now have your dollar and we're probably going to spend it on some really... St- <laughs> well, but thank so, you to you that know. person for taking a chance and on us. Good cop, and bad I cop. I hope anybody else that came at it confused 
enjoyed it. And by that, we probably we primarily mean hosting of the podcast and the cost to make sure right. this is still on on the internet. <laughs> uh, we have breaking news tonight. Uh, this released, I don't know, just I, I was brand new to me. THR is reporting that we have our first of e, uh, first cast member for the Eternals, and it is none other than Angelina Jolie. Uh, when you guys saw this news, what did you think about Angelina Jolie coming to the MCU? Wow. I mean, that's like a huge, huge name. I mean, that's... As far as anybody that was cast in Phase 1, were there any names? Maybe Robert Downey Jr. big? I mean, but I'd say she's bigger than Robert Downey Jr. was 10 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't near who he is now then, you know. I mean, this was this single-handedly kind of revitalized his career didn't it yeah sherlock was post iron man wasn't it or was the first one before it was around the same time i don't know which one came out before the other but but this uh, this has to mean like the superhero stigma is like dissolved right obviously we have like Kate blanchett and brie larson and all that oscar winners but i mean this means She's about as A-list as they come, no? Yeah. I mean, I didn't read it. Is it, I mean, is she, are they looking at her as a lead or is it going to be like Sylvester Stallone and Guardians? No, they said a lead, I do believe. Interestingly, we don't know what lead it is, but she does seem to be important. So this, I mean, money, big money into a lady lead. That's a big deal. You know, not only are they going for a, probably the biggest name that they've ever had in a lead role but also a woman i mean they could have gone for her ex-husband and something and that also would have been a huge deal but they went for angelina that's i mean a lady in a big role that's exciting could you imagine brad and angelina as icarus and cersei like sign me up right now would that not be perfect it's so what's really weird to me about this is THR is saying that the film will center around an Icarus Cersei romance, which again is a weird thing in the comics. Like in the comics, those two are not romantically linked. And so that I find interesting. It already shows them tinkering with uh, the comics a little bit, which again, as we said a million times in this podcast, it's the eternal. So nobody will care if they tinker with the comics a little bit. Um, but also Cersei's interesting. I know Charles Murphy felt pretty strongly that the actress who would be Cersei would potentially not be, uh, would be somebody who is um, international or a person of color. I think that he was thinking they were leaning away from a white actress. Um, and so that is surprising to me. Uh, Angelina Jolie is a little bit older than I think they would have gone for, which I say with all due caution because Obviously, Angelina Jolie is only old in Hollywood standards, but um, I am a little surprised for Cersei they might go that way. I think it's possible that this could be also our like point of view character. I've talked about before about um, there's a character uh, named Margot Damien, who is sort of like the human who gets thrown into the midst of the Eternals. And uh, it's a character that I think they could take kind of a Tomb Raider direction she's an archaeologist that like goes and finds ancient stuff she was kind of just an assistant to her dad in the old kirby comics but i think they could kind of redo her as an indiana jones tomb raider kind of character in this 
which obviously Jolie has some experience with that. So anyway, I, I have a lot of thoughts now that I know she's in it. It doesn't help me clarify at all what they're going to do with the characters of the casting. So in Cersei's defense, they are casting someone in their twenties, thirties or forties. Oh, is that what it said in the... Yeah. Um, well, it said 20 to 40, and she's 43, so it's not too much of a stretch. Jolie also has a little more gravitas than I would think of for Cersei. I, I think I've said on this podcast before, like, Katy Perry is what comes to my mind when I think of Cersei. Just someone who's, like, effervescent and bubbly and social and doesn't take anything seriously. And Jolie has becomes quite a serious actress over the last decade or so. And so I find that part fascinating as well. It, I mean, it would fit. I mean, she could be the villain too. That kind of fits their MO as of late is getting this super A-list actor to do the uh, villain role. Um, you know, just cause it's mainly a one-off except in the case of Michael Keaton, they say he's coming back question mark. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys think this is an indication that they might sneak her into a post credit for Endgame or no? Gosh, wouldn't you think all of that's already wrapped up? Mm. It's less than a month. I mean, unless they like recorded it a month ago and this news just didn't break. Didn't they film one post credits teaser after the Hollywood premiere? Wasn't there a story about how they filmed it after the premiere but managed to get it in the theatrical cut? Yeah, the shawarma scene for Avengers. Really? Yeah, they showed it in Hollywood, but they showed it relatively early. And then, like, the next day, they did the shawarma scene. It's why, if you look, um, I want to say it's Cap. Yeah. He had a beard. Like, Chris Evans had a beard. So the whole scene, he's sitting with his, I, I won't do it for podcasting, but he's sitting with his hand over his micro, uh, like, over his face to, like, hide the facial hair that he has. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that was shot real late. That's great. I mean, we've heard rumors. There's been thoughts for a long time that one or two of these Eternals would be cast in time so that they could somehow tie it in. I'm not saying that this is necessarily the case, but it is interesting that we're getting this news now. It seems to at least open the door in my mind. I mean, the most realistic, I mean, the most optimistic thing, I think, is, um, you know, an X-Men or Fantastic Four reference, but I think Eternals would be a lot uh, more realistic. And I mean, if the trade breaks this casting news, chances are, I mean, especially with Marvel, we we don't typically get this Marvel stuff unless they've already signed on or have been announced by the studio. So I would guess, since this is broken to the trades, I would guess the, the, you know, ink on the contract's dry and they're probably filming something right now. But I would say an Eternal's, Stinger is probably very, very likely. Well, I was just saying, I mean, Eternals, I think, is the next big place they're going. I mean, Black Widow, we think, is going to be a prequel movie. And so Eternals is really the next the next stage in the future of the MCU. And I think they're going to use it to open all kinds of things up. So Right. It, there hardly doesn't even need to be. I mean, Jolie doesn't need to be in it. You know, it could, what, like a, a pyramid shot or someone walking into a tomb or, or something of that nature. You know, kind of an Indiana Jonesy-esque type. Nobody's... But that's the thing. It's the biggest damn movie. Like, this is the biggest superhero movie we'll, we'll ever have. At least in the next 
10 years. I mean, think about it now. What in Hollywood, what has started something, you know, in the past couple of years that can build to what the MCU is now in 10 years? Does that make sense? Like nothing started that can be endgame 10 years from now. So we're at least another decade out from getting an event this large. Which is my defense of making, you know, the snicked post credit scene or like the claws on the wall or something like that. Which some people are very passionate about against doing what I've seen on Twitter. But it's... I, let's go ahead and do a little bit of TV news. Adam, I feel like you were like at the forefront of breaking this news officially. Yeah. The first article I saw about it was written by you. You're welcome. So uh, apparently we're... We're getting a uh, we're getting a Runaways season three. Is that uh-huh. correct? That's the weird thing. It was kind of the scuttlebutt um, most of the day, and then later in the afternoon, um, I always call him James Marsden, but Marsters said something at the panel, um, which was absolutely bonkers. Um, which he'll probably get fired for or something like that. But he said that the the showrunner is um, uh, the showrunners told them that they're they're coming back for a third season, and within minutes, um, we finally got confirmation from Hulu. So I mean, I think we all expected it, and this I mean, this almost means that just think. So this is headed into the third season with um, the Netflix shows gone. All it needs to do is one more season before it's the second longest running Marvel show, right? Which it will probably get. Probably get. Um, but yeah, Runaway Season 3. I hope it's not like Season 2. I hated Season 2. I, I'm very sorry. Um, but I'm very passionate about this topic. I didn't like Season 2. It was alright. It didn't feel like a season. Um, season 3, sure, why not? I didn't mind it. Season 3, Runaways. Who They did mention, though, in, in a separate report, that the the parents aren't necessarily getting demoted. Well, they are getting demoted. They're not being bumped down to recurring characters, but they're not regular, regular characters. I saw seven of the ten episodes they'll be in, which, believe it or not, so that means they're going to focus on the runaways. Can you believe that? Only took two years. When I saw that news, I was like, Rhiannon is going to be so happy. This means less parents, more kids. It'll be cause of great rejoicing in in, in a little apartment in New York City. I mean, <laughs> if I if I still cared enough to get excited about them, um, I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to feel like our friend um, Charles Murphy. What what Runaways? What show are we talking about? What Hulu? Like a I'll have to try to care. I'll have to finish season two at some point. I would like them to put it out at a different time of year. Like they've dropped it really close to Christmas. I think both the last two years and I know around here, like with family stuff and our kids and our parents coming into town and shopping and all the stuff we do at the holidays, I always have to jam runaways like in, like I have to fit it in between everything else that I'm doing. And so I'd really enjoy it if it just came out like mid February when it's just snowing and miserable so that, you know, like, it would have a little more of my attention if they'd put it out at a different time of year. Are we going to talk about the uh, conspiracy within one of the quotes? Sure. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about, but go in. for it. So, dot, 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 as we deepen our connection to the Marvel Universe, Ooh. is what Schwartz and Savage said. So, I mean, that essentially, that all but confirms we're getting a Cloak and Dagger crossover. 
No doubt in my mind. It's probably already in the can. I mean, I think those kids have been hinting at that for a long time. I think they've known. I think it's been a plan. Well, I'm interested. Could it... This is probably crazy talk. Could it go further? Like, could we have Winter Soldier? Like, if they're bringing in Sebastian Stan to film uh, to film a Disney Plus series with um, Winter Soldier and Falcon, would it... <coughs> Would it be crazy that they would ask him to do a day of filming for a couple of scenes of like a cameo over on their Hulu show if Disney is really serious about this multi-platform thing? Is is Disney I don't know. I don't know. Runaways is filmed in LA, right? Uh yes, it is. Yep. And so are all those I would guess the Disney Plus shows right. are probably Well, no, Disney I mean, but they're still completely different contracts, completely different. I mean, they're still separated. I mean, there's probably less corporate BS, but there's still going to be some corporate BS between the two of them. I think there's a light... Hold oh, never mind. I was going to say there's a likelier chance of seeing Iron Fist on Runaways, but that's not likely at all, so never mind. Um, but, I mean, Cloak and Dagger obviously are the most likely targets than S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, you know? I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s filled in L.A. too, right? I, I just think, if nothing else... <laughs> I will get a perverse joy out of watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans melt down if Runaways gets a real Avengers crossover at some point and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does it. They'll be like, no, why? Uh, after all these years. Have we even talked about S.H.I.E.L.D. ending yet? I feel like we skipped over that. Clark Gregg said season seven is the last season. Uh, we talked about it on one of the episodes. I think we talked about it as most oh. likely. Well, he, he said he was told that it would be the end. Something like that. That You know, we're in the midst of, you know, the end game cycle. So things uh, kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, I have a real hard time with... I just don't get ABC. Because they keep talking like ABC really wants to have a Marvel presence. But then they're doing nothing to actually develop anything. And I just don't... There's rumors they are, but then they don't. And... Uh, let's see. Next bit of news. Oh, we got some posters. So we had rumors that we would get a Spider-Man Homecoming trailer this week. And then instead we got three posters. One of him in Venice. One of him in Munich. I mean in Berlin. And one of them in, um, London. Uh, the rumor is that we can't get another trailer from home or for Far From Home without it, uh, spoiling something from Endgame. Um... Do you guys have any thoughts with these trailers or with these posters? Are you missing out on another uh, Far From Home trailer or are you happy to wait? Why would it spoil Endgame? Well, I assume anything that just reasserts that Peter Parker's alive spoils Endgame. Like all of this dramatic effect of, you know, the posters that came out this week that has the black and white for the people that were dusted or died. Um... You know, like, that has a little less impact. When I saw the Spidey one, I was like, oh, wait, but we know he's not really dead. You know, we know he has a movie coming out in July, so it sort of already killed some of the, like, emotional impact for me. So I think, especially having a whole bunch of Spider-Man trailers or a really big Spider-Man trailer would sort of, eh, it would make Endgame a little bit, it would lower the stakes. Yeah, the only thing I can figure is, like, there'll be a line about how he's back or something, like, 
Geez, Happy, ever since I came back from through the time vortex, life has been so hard. Or the other thought would be that they have a scene of him, like, mourning at Tony Stark's funeral or something. I mean... Then don't put that in the trailer! But you, Well, you know, it's Sony, man. They're going to want to put everything in the trailer. So I'm just happy that Marvel is able to hold the reins back and get Sony not to do it. Somebody long ago gave me a theory with Tony and Peter of how all of it would end and the legacy it would leave. And if they do that, it could be a really cool trailer going into the show. Um, so, like, I could see some stuff that would just, like, really be powerful in a trailer, but not until you know how Endgame ends. But then again, what's the spoiler? Like, if there's a spoiler in a trailer that you're putting out, how long does Marvel wait to share that? That's true. Is it going to be free game, like, two days after Endgame comes out? Like, how long do they give us? Right. Like, how long does Thanos demand our silence on this? I mean, because I know people people that managed not to watch Infinity War for at least a month and somehow did not get spoiled. Like, obviously, they didn't hang out at comicbook.com or, you know, follow any of our Twitters or walk down the streets of New York. Hey, man, we spoiler take our <laughs> I never said otherwise. I I was really surprised how long some people went that were genuinely shocked at the end of it. So, yeah, how long do they wait if the trailer's going to be super spoilery? I'm sorry, Adam. Did you have something that you were outraged about before we interrupted you? <laughs> oh, I have plenty I'm outraged about. I can't remember which. The... Were, are we talking about the character posters yet? I know we mentioned them. Yeah, we can... I mentioned them. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Endgame stuff, uh, starting with how uh, thirty-two posters. How how much of a they know that these fans are sucking on their teats? I mean, the the Vision poster. You guys saw the Vision poster, right? Where they put one like the the line. They made a line of color on the Vision poster that was one pixel tall. Did they really? You know it was on purpose? Yes. <laughs> you know damn well it was on purpose. That has to be on purpose. You don't it has to be on purpose. That. Yeah, you don't accidentally. It would, on his neck, one pixel tall. What it might other, be more than one pixel. But what else did we miss? What's, I mean, they know the lengths these fans are going to do that kind of, that, I mean, that's a troll job. There's no butts about it it just seems patently absurd that it, it's now gone to the length of when they're doing just one line on the neck of the vision poster or they're just totally screwing with us at this point they're yeah that's what i'm saying it's it could be a troll job i mean it's just that's the thing i'm not at this point i'm not uh I'm not even sold that those quantum suits are real. You know, the toy leaks are out there. Maybe they just digitally edited them on in the trailer. You know, I don't know. Now, I still think it's possible that the gaps they keep showing in the trailers, I still think Vision is an option for the character that needs to fill in one of oh, those gaps. Sure. Um, we did find out that Shuri is definitely dusted, though, as well, um, which I think was like the bombshell of those 32 posters. 
and we're now assuming that M'Baku, I guess, is in charge of Wakanda. Is that how you guys are reading this all? Well, there's one more. I, I At least I found surprising more than Shuri because she was in the uh, trailer listed as missing. I mean, this they confirmed that Valkyrie's going to be in this. That's true. Yep. Right? I mean, that's pretty hard confirmation before we just had Tessa teasing it. And I think the Russos maybe said that she was still alive. But obviously they're not going to make it give her a character poster if she's not in the movie. Well, so that's, I guess, the next question I had. There's 32 of these, and it includes a lot of dusted characters. It also includes some characters who um, who died before the snap. Do you take, if if there's a character on one of these 32 posters, do you take that as indication that they will appear in this movie? Yes. Wong's, Wong's in there, too. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, and Happy Hogan, and for that matter. <laughs> And happy, yeah. I'm mean, like, what? I don't know. Um, there's 16 of each as well. Yep. Um, so there's that. Perfect balance. Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I. That's how I took it. If they got a poster, they're in the movie. But I, I mean, I would guess Korg and Meek and those supporting characters are in it too. You know, I mean, Michael Douglas and Pfeiffer are in it because Sebastian Stan's a little comment at that convention, right? I mean, notes like the, I don't think comments like those in passing are planted by Marvel, right? Obviously, all of Tom Holland stuff is staged. But I, like stuff where Sebastian Stan says he was on set with Michael Douglas. Yeah, I was kind of surprised we didn't get a Peggy Carter. I mean, I'm feeling very right. certain that Haley Atwell is going to appear at some point. I mean, we saw all those photos of like 1940s cars on some set of Endgame. I guess what excites me about this, these posters make me really believe that I'm going to get a massive 50 character, you know, like money shot of them all charging at Thanos at once and that the whole theater is going to go insane. Maybe not, but I just really feel like we're going to go that way. You know, did you guys watch? um, I've been trying to stay. I've been trying to watch any TV spots, but they did a little featurette where the actors talked about where their characters are at the beginning of Endgame. It's really interesting. I think it's Chris Evans that talks about how, you know, these Marvel movies, they really make you feel emotions, but in the end, they leave you with hope. And I thought that was a very fascinating thing for him to say about Endgame. It confirms my theory that this thing is going to end on such a happy note, and I'm so excited. (laughs) Don't stop believing. Right. Also, the TV spots contain zero new footage. It's amazing how they have cut four different TV spots now, and they all—they're all practically the same thing, just rearranged differently. So go ahead and watch them if you want, Caleb. There's no spoilers. There's, no, I know. there's nothing that's gonna. Uh, it was. Uh, I think there was. There was one frame that was maybe new, but it was like a zoomed out close shot of or a zoomed out shot of the Benatar. Maybe that, but I think that might have been a trailer too. I don't know. I don't know when I saw that that looked new to me. Yeah. So that's the only like spoilers. One. <laughs> but they didn't uh Caleb had yeah. so hard not to see that and now we just Sheesh, Adam, now, now we I just know that the Benatar is going to have a longer range shot of Oh, that the Benatar has a wide shot? Oh no. Oh, no, not no, the I'm wide not even shot. sure if that was even <laughs> Um, it's just, they, they don't have to do any of these TV spots. They didn't have to give us a second trailer. Um, 
they don't have to do all the consumer products embargo doesn't lift until Sunday. They're not even going to have toys until three weeks ahead of the movie, four weeks ahead of the movie. It's just absolutely bizarre. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like the Captain Marvel Legends went on sale at Christmas. You know, it's like, I don't know. This is just so bizarre. Speaking of which, we don't have tickets on sale yet. Rumors are April 2nd, I think, is the latest date I've heard, which is next Tuesday, uh, just two days away when this podcast hits. And everything we're hearing is that the movie is going to be three hours. And very important to someone like me, it means the first showings might happen at 5 p.m. Eastern instead of 6 p.m. Eastern so that they can squeeze two of them in or something like that. This is all public service announcement. I know I am going to be watching carefully on Tuesday to snap up a decent ticket at the first IMAX showing humanly possible. Um, but yeah, three hours. I mean, we all kind of expected that. Um, we got to start working on our Marvel diapers a little bit faster, guys. <laughs> We've only got a few weeks to get these things to market. If so. there is a 5 p.m. showing, I will go. I'll sit through it back to back. No doubt about it. Will you go pee in between? <laughs> or are you going to do just like six hours back to back? I'll just, it? yeah, I'll just, well, I'll just get a large like, soda and either drink it or I'll just ask for an extra cup. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. That's, that's the spirit. Also, speaking of PSAs, um, pretty exciting news for Iowans. They just finished like the first legit IMAX theater in the state of Iowa. <laughs> so how baller is that? And it has those recliner seats with cup holders. Oh, man. Uh, I'm you, telling y'all, I will probably see it in like a crappy little theater with no recliner, <laughs> no cup holder, no stadium seating. I just, I, I like how I just described the theaters you two have been going to for probably 20 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we just, now we just got it. It's not even finished yet, but it will be finished by the time Endgame rolls around. So, you know. Way to go. Congrats, man. Thank you. I'm very proud of this accomplishment. Oh, other so other news. We probably need to keep moving on. Uh, we got some casting in Black Widow. So Florence, do you guys know, is it Pew or Pug? No idea. All right, we're going to go with Pew. Florence Pew has officially been cast in um, Black Widow. There was talk that this role might go to Emma Watson, but apparently she is not going to be in it. Florence has got the gig. Uh, it looks like she'll be a female antagonist spy. Um, is that of any interest to either of you? Well, I was really excited about Emma Watson, and now you said no Emma Watson, so now I'm sad. So, <laughs> this Florence chick has uh, <laughs> big <laughs> shoes to fill. Um, I mean, I guess the Emma Watson money went to Angelina Jolie. All right. Um, Captain Marvel continues to make lots and lots and lots of money. It's well on its way to probably be in a billion dollar movie. Uh, Morbius, the living vampire has had a few set photos come out, but they just, uh, it's Matt Smith looking like Matt Smith and Jared Leto looking like Jared Leto. Um, Adam, you're our news guy. Is there anything else major that's happened in the last week or two that I have missed here? Thank you for thinking that highly of me that I'd actually remember all the stuff. Well, you have to write a lot of it up, so. I'm I'm mainly a news zombie. Um, there's one piece of huge news I want to talk about, but it has nothing to do with Marvel. 
Um, How far are we? Are we talking Mueller report? Are we talking DC or like where? <laughs> oh no, not Mueller report. I just wanted to say, yeah, Shazam absolutely. Kicks oh, that's ass. right, because you've seen it, right? Um, yes, and it is very, very good. Um, but other than that, I don't. Just in-game stuff. It's so crazy. All these theories and all this stuff. I mean, it's just bonkers. You know what? What else out there has people so dedicated to it? You know, um, it's just crazy. News-wise, no, not really. There's been some speculation. Obviously, I think we talked about this before, but it's looking like the ultimate taskmaster, the ultimate taskmaster, might be the Black Widow um, oh, yeah. villain. Um, I saw a couple more, not scoops, but kind of suggestions on that. Uh, what else? In-game stuff. Um, some more Lego sets. Spider-Man Lego yeah. sets. Um, and then MCUX did uh, share an article today where apparently, and this is a spoiler, by the way, um, an Outrider can be seen in the explosion by Clint Barton in the tunnel, I guess. Oh, really? So on my vacation, I wanted a copy of Empire to read their MCU article on the airplane. And I checked, like, every newsstand in every airport that we walked through, even with our connecting flight. Uh, And it took me a really long time to figure out Empire is apparently a British magazine. And so it's not real easy to get a hold of in the United States. But I eventually got it on the uh, digital form on the phone. And that was a pretty good article and write-up they had about uh, the filming of Endgame and what they're doing with it. But also, uh, Feige referred to the first three phases of the MCU as the infinity saga, which seems to suggest that now we not only have phases, but we have sagas, uh, in which the phases fit, which I, you know, like we've kind of teased about that before, but I thought it was interesting. He actually went there. We're going to talk about how like plus, why is everything being called plus now? (laughs) Apple plus Apple TV plus Apple TV. Yeah. Like geez, Louise can't wait for Netflix plus. And Hulu Plus's new package. And then we'll release Marvel Lord. News Desk Plus. For five dollars. Four ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. We go. cheap. You'll get no new content. Adam, you want to tell us a little bit about Chicago? You got to do a con last week, yeah. which was part of the reason we didn't have a pod is because you went traveling. Both um, you went traveling. Was it good? I'd rather hear you uh, explaining all the yummy food you oh. ate. To be honest, like I'm a, I am a, I am a shrimp whole boy aficionado. Oh. Um, so we could start there. Uh, Chicago was all right. I mean, there was virtually Clark Gregg ended up canceling. He was only there Friday and Saturday. Um, no, no press availability. No, Paul Rudd was there. Obviously, they weren't going to have him do press. Talked with a lot of comics. He got people. crashed by Run DMC or no, um, DMC. 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 Yeah, that was bizarre. And then he turned around and scheduled an interview with me and never showed up. And he dipped and canceled the rest you of that his first day. That sounded like a jerk move. Um, um, then he just followed it with a jerk move. What? Crashing your interview with somebody else. Like, woo! Right. So just to make this yeah. clear. Well, DMC from Run DMC ran into the middle of an interview Adam was doing with someone totally unrelated, and uh, yeah. So okay, 
he didn't really initiate it. I was I was interviewing Rob Vendetti. He writes for DC. He does Hawkman, uh, Freedom Fighters. That's uh, not the exciting part of the story, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is not. No, but I was just laying the groundwork. I was interviewing him, and then he goes, hey, there's, run, or he, there's DMC. And DMC was just like standing there looking at us at the DC booth. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, what's up? And then like he butts in. I should we could comment because I was recording. I could we could splice this in the podcast. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's DMC, and DMC's like, hey guys, what's going on? And then gave us like each nucks, and then just kind of watched the yeah. rest of the interview. So I was kind of. And that is when yeah. I found out that DMC so you makes were, comics. So you were doing this interview like on the Which con not, floor, like, not like why in the press is DMC here. <laughs> press room and i was like a press cubicle yeah but, so, private space like they would have oh no well, yeah a private space for every single credential press at c2e2 um, but i'm very thankful for reed pop giving me the press access so thanks reed pop um but no dc had a special marked off like they had the step and repeat behind them um they had like a really fancy they had the setup where i was supposed to bring a camera and record um but I had my digital recorder, and that's it. Um, and then Marvel was just all over the place. Comics fans, War of the Realms is going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm not sure if y'all read comics, um, but that's Marvel-wise, so we could talk about that. War of the Realms is going to be dope. What else? Oh, that's the one where like Daredevil's going to be Heimdall or whatever? Yeah, I tried... I tried getting Jason Aaron to talk about that, and he won't touch on it. I'm like, okay, I got to ask this for Rhiannon and Shelby so I shoved that in I did ask him about Moon Knight first though so don't feel too important uh, but yeah War of the Realms is going to be dope he's uh I mean if you're a fan of Thor he's ending his Thor run um kind of with War of the Realms he's doing a Valkyrie series afterwards which we'll know probably will go 6 to 12 issues um Oh, Jonathan Hickman's back. That's the biggest Marvel Comics news of the like year so far. And Caleb's probably excited about that stuff. Hickman and X-Men. Yeah. Um, but that was about it. Awesome. Well. That was about it. It's certainly not New York or San Diego with the entertainment scoops and all that stuff. But uh... You come to New York and we'll show you what a press room looks like. Yeah. Oh, into the Badlands! They did have a press rooms, and I totally forgot about it. So I was there, but I—if you watch, do you watch Into the Badlands? You guys know what it's that the is the real right? Iron Fist show, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. It's what Iron Fist should be. So that was dope. But other than that, yeah, no, that was new favorite hobby: sending Adam pictures of dragons whenever I see them in any <laughs> oh. TV show ever. I, I was very ever. close to blocking you. <laughs> I said a bunch of expletives. I just got back from getting my new phone because I threw it against the wall. <laughs> I said, you mother. But... I was watching like a super low budget sci-fi show and they had a real, like an awesome dragon. And I was like, Adam. Oh, that's funny. And if I see another one, I'll send it to him again. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh. Let's Go do ahead. our main conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger season two. And uh, the way we're going to try this, uh, Adam and I have watched it. Rhiannon has not. 
And so, uh, oh, and that's on our Patreon, or uh, Patreon, that's on our YouTube channel as well. That should be up by the time you guys listen to this. So if you want to hear my personal review, you can see it there. I think what we're going to do is uh, Rhiannon's going to ask us questions about season two, and Adam and I will answer the questions. Thus far, we just have two episodes, but we got a sense of where they're going. And so we thought we'd do a spoiler-free review here to get you excited about it. It's only a few days away now as this podcast releases. It comes out April 4th on Freeform. So, all right, Rihanna, what do you want to know about Cloak & Dagger Season 2? Well, well, first, before we get into real Cloak yeah. & Dagger Season 2, you went to New Orleans last week. So, did you, you know, did Cloak & Dagger, like, because you watched it before you went, did you feel more or less prepared to go to New Orleans having watched... A little bit of Cliff I was kind of hoping I'd get new episodes of the screeners so we could actually watch them in New Orleans. I mean, we could have watched the old ones, but uh, that unfortunately didn't yeah. happen. I kept trying to figure out which rooftop Tyrone is on, uh, where they created the Roxxon sign, like to figure out like what part of town that's in. But oh, I thought it was like the JW Marriott right there on Canal uh, Street. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not that you would know the city far better than I would. So. You should have consulted me before on rooftops. You know that's the more interesting thing um, that um, happened to us in New Orleans, and I'm getting off topic already. Um, so we're waiting at this restaurant, and there's this guy who and his friends that are hanging out, and they're they, they apparently didn't have a reservation. They're trying to get in, and the guy's going back and forth from the hostess stand. And I look at Fran and I go, "Man, that guy really looks like Roy from The Office if he was in his fifties." And then we kept looking at him and kept looking at him. And we're like, holy crap, I think that is Roy from The Office. So I start scanning through my phone and I go on Twitter. And sure enough, the actor who played Roy on The Office is shooting a pilot in New Orleans. And uh, he was shooting it with a guy named, uh, I think his name is Mike Harris. He was uh, on The Practice for a long time on ABC back in the early 2000s. And they were together and they're both in this thing. And I eventually figured out like, yeah, that's him. And so when the hostess called us in, I tried not to be lame. I just went over to him. I was like, hey, are you Roy from the office? He was like, yeah. And I was very intimidated because I'm like, I know he's probably not a jerk. But every time I've seen him in real life, he's like a violent, angry person. And so I was kind of scared to go up to him. But I was like, hey, you guys shooting a pilot? He was like, yeah, we are. And it's like, well, good luck. I hope it goes well for you guys. And then I went in to eat and left him alone. But that was my big New Orleans stargazing is that I actually got to meet Roy from the office. So that was pretty cool. You know, I ran into so many celebrities in New Orleans. Like, I never see celebrities in New York. But, like, when I was there, because it's such a small town city, like, I saw lots. Like, Brangelina cut in front of me at a restaurant one day those jerks but that's another story okay back to cloak and dagger so do we have more powers do we have more powers like i mean they they were figuring out their powers at the end of season one do do we have i don't know there was yes but that was in the trailer that was in one of the trailers where we saw more powers but that moment in the trailer was not in these two uh, It depends which one you're talking about. There's a moment, in again, in the trailer, so it's no spoiler, where she creates like a ball of light. That's what no, I was talking about. 
Well, I shouldn't say that. That's, I guess that's spoilery. Oh. It's in those two episodes. Oh, it's not. Is know. it? I'll I'll edit it a certain way. Oh. But yeah, that's in season. That's that, that's in season two or the episodes we've seen. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and I guess powers. what I I feel safe about saying is they actually these are two characters that want to use their powers really badly. Like some of the setup of this season is. Okay. Tyrone and Tandy like okay we have these and we live in a city where a lot of messed up stuff happens how do we make the world a better place and I put this in my review on YouTube like after watching like Punisher or Daredevil like shows where they're like I don't know if I want to be a hero I'm not going to wear the costume this is ruining my life I hate being a hero like to have two people that are like oh I've got powers and I can make the world a better place let's do it is so refreshing. Did you feel that way, Adam? That like these guys actually want to go do something with their powers? Oh yeah, totally. And it almost—I mean, from the get-go, there's no convincing to be done or whatever. You know, that mainly takes place off-screen for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first two episodes—they're—they're they're all about uh, doing what they can and actually being super. They want to be superheroes, you know, which is which is refreshing. If anything, the dynamic they set up really early on is Detective O'Reilly being like, hey, you guys need to chill out. Every time you show up, it screws something right. up. Like, please stop doing the vigilante crap because you're making my job harder for me. Right. So do we have a clearly defined villain in the first two episodes? By the I end, would yes. say I would I would just say yes. They're, they're, we have a good sense of what the villain's going to yes. be. And... I, so I'll be really careful here. There is a twist near the end of what we've seen that I think is fantastic. Like I did not see it coming the yeah, way it's no coming, my mind. and I think it's really good. Do we have more voodoo? Yeah. Yes. Aunt uh, Chantel's back. Evita's yeah. back. Awesome. O'Reilly. She steals the scene every scene she's in. She's great. Emma Lahana or whatever her name is. She's great. No, no I, I was the only people that I haven't really seen yet is his parents. They have been a minimum presence so far. You forgot Father Delgado. Oh, that's true. He has not been around as much because he's he's a yeah he's a character somewhere out there. You guys like it? Um, did I like it? So I will say this: I liked it a lot less until about three fourths of the way through. Then it just. It's like almost like a breakneck pace. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or or what the deal was, but there was this moment where all of a sudden it went from zero to a hundred, and I'm like, "What the crap?" And then all of a sudden, half an hour later, it was over, um, which is good because these are airing back to back. One of the thing um, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I mean, I feel like it's just as good or better than the first season. I think they've kind of hit their stride and they know their characters and. The chemistry is there. Like, I, I, just all that stuff really works well. Um, they also have continued, and I mentioned this again in my review, like, um, they did some sort of interesting, like, framing devices in some of the plots in season one, and they do it again in season two. One of the episodes we saw, um, some people might find it annoying, but I really liked it, where they showed us a scene, and then they showed us one character for the rest of the day. And at the end of that character's day, they meet up with a second character. And then after the commercial break, they show a little bit of that first scene again. And then they show the second character scene until they meet up. 
and then they show them a little more and then the third character comes in and then commercial break and they go back and they show the third character. Like it's just kind of non-linear storytelling, which I mean, I don't know, Adam, if you enjoyed it or if you found it annoying, but I found it. I just like it. Like it just makes my brain function a little bit more. And if they told it in a little more like A to B fashion, it might've been a little boring, but I like the way you go, wait a minute, how did that person end up there and what's happening and the way they fit those puzzle pieces together, I find enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more enjoyable knowing what it is after the first season, you know, cause obviously you watched it. If you're watching it for the first time, you're going to obviously going to have all sorts of questions like, Hey, how did a get to B and why is C doing this and so on and so forth. But it does eventually all wrap up nice and tight. It's just, I mean, I do find it a little bit jarring at first. I mean, I will say this, um, in terms of uh, channel television, non-streaming shows, I mean, obviously this, between 12 episodes of this and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this is obviously a far more superior show. Just seems a lot more quality, and obviously that's probably from the experience Marvel Television's gotten. Obviously, it's not on the, the level of, like, Netflix or anything. Um, but, again, it, it it exceeds all expectations. I mean, so far, it's it's really good. Um, I probably can't compare it to season one yet, obviously. Um, but so far, so good. Should I prioritize watching it? Like, more important than... It doesn't have any competition right now. Any Marvel competition. I mean, I'll say we, after we watched the first episode, we like, we wanted to immediately dive into the second one. And I've been kind of chomping at the bit for them to give us more than the first two. I'm, I mean, I'm as excited about this as I've been about a Marvel show. Well, since Daredevil season three, which isn't that long ago, but like, I'm more excited about it than I was about Runaways or Punisher. I mean, and you were willing to give up some of your time in New Orleans to watch it in the hotel room. So that's pretty exciting. Because I don't care what hour it was. You could have been walking down the levee or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i enjoying the show a lot. And it's continuing a lot of the good stuff they do as far as, um, you know, like we've talked about the show was a little darker than we thought it would be. There's been continued, like, there's themes in this about, like, uh, they've continued some of the stuff with... Um, Tandy and her mom dealing with like the history of abuse and how abuse affects people and how they like process and deal with having uh, domestic abuse as part of their household. I mean, that was already there in the first season, but they've continued that conversation in a really honest um, way and not like a cringeworthy way, but just it reminds me a little bit of Jessica Jones and that it's just a realistic depiction of how people cope with being mistreated. And I just continue to think this show is on, like, this is so carefully well written for a show that's on a teeny bopper channel. Like, I just don't, I mean, I guess I just need to change what I think about right, what right, Freeform right. is. But. Well, and the showrunners put out that PSA as far as that they decided to talk about human trafficking this season because they felt that, you know, it needed the visibility and that they had a real you know, reason behind that. And I really, um, I mean, obviously I haven't watched it yet to see what they do with it, but, but, you know, like they've been open in this early stuff that there's going to be a human trafficking storyline. 
And, um, I had to go through, I had to take like an online human trafficking, like educational thing. And it, I was shocked at all the ways in a normal everyday life you could, you know, keep an eye out for, or you may encounter human trafficking and not know it. So I'm really excited about that level of visibility. They have a disclaimer in it, don't they? That might be a spoiler. I think there was a disclaimer or something at the beginning of the episode, or am I making that up? Oh, just about, like, if you see something, call this number or something like that? Yeah, I thought I saw there was, like, an adult. There was one scene that I was very surprised, like, made it past the censors. It certainly wasn't uh, something I expected on... And it, it breaks the entire what I thought Freeform was, you know, my my preconceived notions on what that channel was. It just totally breaks the mold because this scene certainly isn't something, you know, teenagers are going to tune in to watch on television. You know, I, I mean, I was very it's awesome that it, they're touching on it and it's in there. They just played it and uh like, wow, okay, they're going there. You know, like Caleb said, it is very tonally similar to Jessica Jones type stuff. Um, obviously, with the exception of there's no arms and hands in the garbage disposal, that kind of tone. Um, but with, with the, the whole mind control thing, it's it's very similar to that. Um, it's very well written, too. Um, they kind of do the, did you pick up on the soundtrack type stuff again? That's the, I'm not entirely on board with that kind of, it's almost like they're trying too hard with that type of stuff. Did you get that vibe or? It, it reminds me of Runaways a lot. It's just like, I don't know. It sounds like music that's listened to by people who are younger than I am. That's the only takeaway I take. I'm like, oh, this is apparently what teenagers listen to these days. I don't know. Yeah, it's just out there. You know, it makes you notice it for better or for worse. I guess I haven't even made up my mind on if I like it or don't like it. But Yeah, it's it's unlikely you won't notice it, though. Like, the music is right. pretty prominent. And they like to do a lot of montage stuff on the show. I mean, again, this is not anything different in season two than season one. Like, they just like to, like, show characters in different situations with a, you know, musical overtop and all that kind of stuff. I think the other thing I really liked, Adam, that I think we can talk about is um, they're not rehashing, like, season one stuff. Like, Roxanne was all through season one. Uh, has there been a single reference to Roxanne in these two episodes? Like, it's kind of like they said, nope, that was part of our plot last time, and that's fine, but we're not going to stay here forever. I like that the plot is affected by season one, but we're not, like... It's not like the hand or something where we're just like re like rehashing the same thing over again. It's not another gang war, you know, like it's um, it feels like that human trafficking stuff has taken the place of some of the corporate stuff that Roxanne was doing last season. And it's it's progressing and moving to somewhere else instead of just staying stuck in the same place. Yeah, they don't even scratch the surface on it either. You know, they mostly, the first two episodes mostly deal with other stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they deal with it. Um, 
there was something at the very beginning I can't even recall. I think it might have been like in a recap towards the beginning or maybe at the very beginning there was some stuff with Connors or whatever his name was. Um, but again, that's only very, very quick. And it might be in like the scene on last season type stuff, you know. I, I don't recall. So I would say definitely see it. I think it's really good and I'm enjoying it. And uh, I'm excited that we'll, we can talk about it. Uh, I assume we'll talk about it here. So, all right, uh, we're going over to the mailbag. Uh, a couple of comments from the last podcast on the website. Um, Little Bingo uh, was talking about uh, we had reviewed Captain Marvel and we said that it was kind of sad to us that Lashana Lynch uh, might not have too much of a role because of her age. But he said if Sam Jackson can uh, give a sixty-year-old Nick Fury awesome action scenes in modern MCU films. Um, it would be fine for Lashana Lynch to similarly be an awesome 60 year old Maria Rambo. Uh, even in the modern day, her character is going to be younger than Angela Bassett's queen Ramonda and still capable of, uh, fixing and fighting, uh, flying fighter jets. Um, uh, and also that, um, they would probably do her makeup a little different than Peggy Carter's as far as, uh, aging and de-aging, uh, love waffle. Uh, pointed out, this is really interesting, that Suicide Squad 2, or I believe it's going to be called The Suicide Squad, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are both supposed to shoot at Pinewood Studios in Atlanta. So as long as DC and Marvel can get along, like, literally, the guy could walk across the studio after finishing some stuff on one of the movies and, like, check out sets and help work on things on the other. Like it's going to be very easy for him to move from one to the other. Um, so that's fascinating to me. Yeah. But, but just thing, because you can. Right. I mean, Guardians 3 is not supposed to start till February 2021. Oh, the filming schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, Suicide Squad's this fall-ish, maybe? I don't know um, why Warner Brothers is doing this thing. I mean, Wonder Woman's already in the can, and it doesn't hit until next year. It just seems like they film bizarrely way out. They're used to needing a lot of reshoots. <laughs> I True. Think, I think, though, that the, maybe this is conspiracy theory, but now that these things are coming together, and we do know that Guardians is on schedule to film in early 2021... I think that this was always part of the plan. Why is DC shooting it so early? Because James Gunn told them, I have to be available from February to June of 2021 to shoot Guardians 3. And so even though they weren't ready for it yet, they're shooting it early because James had already put on his calendar Guardians 3 when he took the job. Right, but that almost that almost forces Suicide Squad to keep their same release date then so i mean guardians 3 is going to be in the can before he starts suicide squad press right that's i mean that's how it's lined up right now oh that's so long away for guardians 3 uh love Wall also is just talking about how we're starting to get a sense of what phase four's lineup is going to look like um, and I totally agree with him here. Uh, this is also, though, what we've been hearing from Charles Murphy for, I don't know, six months to a year now. 
Uh, phase four is going to start with Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019, Black Widow and Eternals in 2020, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, and Shang-Chi most likely in 2021, and then 2022 we'll see in May probably Guardians 3. Um, he said after that Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp sequels would be likely. Uh, I think Captain Marvel's Captain Marvel 2 will be the, uh, I think they have one lined up for March 2022 or sometime in the spring. Um, even if they don't, I'm pretty sure Captain Marvel 2 will come 2022. So, yeah, we kind of know what Phase 4 is going to look like at this point. Uh, he also was not said he'd be not surprised if Marvel starts doing four movies a year, which I think is possible as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do now that they have these Fox dates and all that kind of stuff. I can't wait until Marvel does four uh, movies a year and they're all out by June, giving us another 11 months between movies. I do kind of wish they'd just get, I don't think they'd do it, but just standing dates. Like, it'd be great if every February, every May, every July, and every November, it's like, those are the four Marvel dates, and they're going to happen that way every year. Um, right. I mean, it'd make our life easier as a podcast, which I'm sure is what Kevin Feige is very concerned with is our, our programming on this show. Wait until y'all wait till we just get to the, uh, July through, uh, what is it? May podcast. We're going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel guys. We'll just start writing fan fiction. Works for me. We've been talking. I would love to, you know, we need to like, I think daredevil should be our first rewatch. We should get the old Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, daredevil, Electra, and watch them and just talk about that. I think that would be fun. That would be fun, yes. We should start with, like, the first superhero movie, though, right? Like, a 1930s Superman thing? (laughs) No, no, I was going (laughs) more like the uh, 1984 George Lucas hit. Oh, Howard the Duck? Oh. That could be really good, actually, as we get ready for these Hulu cartoons. Like so, even I mean, like, and what Adam was talking about, like the live streaming, like us watching stuff. <laughs> I've never watched this Howard the Duck movie. Yeah. So, I just don't know. It'd be interesting to see if we can sync it, like in a remotely appropriate way. But that would be interesting. Well, so that's the. Th- I mean, if we're doing these, cl- I don't know. That's the thing. Let us know. Seriously, I'm seriously considering doing... Obviously, we won't be able to show the video on the screen. But what you'd have to do, like, with overlays, we can do now showing Captain America, the first Avenger. And then just do, like, the rewatch marathon that way. If you would tune in to Marvel News Desk watching the entire MCU straight through the week of Endgame... Let us know, because if, like, five people say do it, I'll do it. <laughs> you can do it, Adam. I've rewatched them all with my kid. I will. In the last year or so. I'll do it. Heck, yeah, I need to. I haven't done a good old rewatch for a while. I have, like, I mean, like we discussed this earlier today, I have about 12 hours free between now and Endgame, so if we can fit it in that time, that would be great. Uh, I think that does it for now. We will, uh, oh, uh, you know, all the stuff we say at the end. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Watch.MarvelNewsDesk.com for our YouTube, Facebook. Uh, leave us a review. Thanks to Tim Cox for the logo. Alvin for the theme music. All that stuff. I won't do it all this week because I'm tired. So, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>